Buenos Dias from Greenway Parks. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from the 14th of April, 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. We're now a few weeks into fall. Temperatures have significantly dropped in certain regions of the country. As a result, the government is worried that there may not be enough natural gas for the country to muddle through the winter without rationing the natural gas supplies. It was with this concern in mind that they reached out to Bolivia, who agreed to send extra fuel in the high-demand months between May and September. Bolivia is currently shipping 7.5 million cubic meters a day to Argentina by pipeline, but there was no guarantee that they would be able to ramp that up as they have been prioritizing sales to Brazil. Luckily, both parties seem to have reached an agreement after a meeting between President Fernandez and his Bolivian counterpart, Luis Arce. Still, concerns remain over whether there will be enough gas for big industrial users. After all, Argentina can't afford shipments of liquefied natural gas since prices have skyrocketed as other buyers try to replace Russian supplies. The saddest part is that Argentina owns shale deposits with huge export potential, but not even the domestic demand can be met due to a lack of investment. While President Fernandez met with the president of Bolivia in Buenos Aires, Argentina's economy minister, Martin Guzman, flew to Sao Paulo Brazil, where he met with various business people and politicians. One of the latter was Brazil's mining and energy minister, with whom he reached another agreement on the supply of electricity between May and September. According to Guzman, this deal will give Argentina greater leeway to allocate more natural gas to other uses. Curious thing about Brazil is that despite being either farther east or at the same longitude as Argentina, the time zone in certain states is two hours behind Argentina's. That is, two hours earlier, even when they are equally far from the prime meridian. Facts like this are what inspired the Mendoza deputy, Julio Cobos, to push for a time zone change. Last week, he stated that there was a huge difference between the solar time and the official time in Argentina, which affects not only the use of electricity, but also the school performance of students. So, what does that mean? Well, the current time zone is GMT minus three. If everyone were to agree with the deputy, the country's official time zone would be changed to GMT minus four, which would coincide with New York City's time, for example. If we look at the map, Argentina is almost entirely within the GMT minus four time zone, with the Andean region entering the GMT minus five time zone. Another country that's mostly in the GMT minus four time zone is Chile. Speaking of Chile, the neighboring country reopened all land borders with Argentina, Peru, and Bolivia. The land borders have been closed ever since the start of the pandemic, with five opening up in December of last year. Starting the 1st of May, travelers will be able to make use of all. On that note about tourism, Buenos Aires' famous Recoleta Cemetery is now charging tourists to enter. Tour guides and city workers are not thrilled. Those visiting with international tourist groups have to pay 1,400 pesos each to enter the necropolis, which is about 7 U.S. dollars. To visit the cemetery, you must now purchase tickets online, either in advance or via the QR code posted at the entrance 
using a credit or debit card. While this may make some reconsider their visit, the truth is the Recoleta Cemetery is one of the city's main attractions and always worth a visit. Speaking of places to visit, the first ever Cat Cafe in Buenos Aires recently opened. Just like other cat cafes around the world, this is a place where you can interact with cats at tea time, or as the Argentines would say, merienda, and potentially adopt one from the foundation that the cafe sponsors. Visitors who are required to book an appointment online prior to the visit are also given food to serve the cats. Since we're on the subject of fur babies, we have news about the presidential human baby. On Monday the 11th, President Fernandez and First Lady Fabiola Chanez announced the birth of their son, Francisco. The president said that mother and baby are in perfect health after the C-section and confirmed that they named their son after Pope Francis. Chanez, who has been the president's partner since 2013, previously revealed that the baby was conceived with the help of IVF treatments following the loss of two pregnancies. And while some are welcomed into the world, others are kicked out, and rightfully so. On Friday the 8th, Argentina backed the United Nations ruling to suspend Russia from the Human Rights Council. Naturally, this comes as a punishment for the country's invasion of Ukraine. Three Latin American countries, Bolivia, Cuba, and Nicaragua, voted against. Venezuela would have done the same if it hadn't lost its right to vote due to payment arrears with the UN. Brazil, Mexico, and El Salvador abstained. When it comes to being kicked out, Luis Puenzo is another great example. The president of the INCA, Argentina's National Institute of Cinema and Audiovisual Arts, made the headlines this week for carrying out a new policy that significantly reduces the subsidies granted by the institution to national independent productions. His announcement stoked the rage of those in the film industry who took to the streets to protest, claiming that the decision will benefit the big corporations like Netflix and damage national production. Many actors, producers, directors, and screenwriters protested until President Fernandez had no choice but to fire Puenzo on Tuesday the 12th. If you thought the Puenzo was having a bad week, Wait until you hear what happened to the workers of Banco Nacion. On Monday the 11th, Argentina's national and largest bank reported a system error in its application, which allowed thousands of users to generate large sums of money. How? Well, a bug enabled them to wire money from their account to a virtual wallet like Uala or Mercado Pago, without it being deducted. In other words, anyone could easily transfer hundreds of thousands of pesos, even if they didn't really have them. While the bank has blocked the operation now, lots of cases were reported, some of them involving wire transfers of more than 2 million pesos, about $18,000 at the official exchange rate. The bank provided no further details, so this is all we know for now. We will keep you updated on how this story develops. From unlimited money to unfortunate shortages, Argentina is struggling to keep up with the demand for diesel fuel. 
Farmers are reporting rationing and soaring prices across the Pampa's growing belt, right when soybean and corn harvests are starting to pick up. Argentina is the world's largest exporter of soy meal and soy oil and the third biggest corn supplier, so it would be quite unfortunate to see exports hindered by the lack of diesel for truckers to drive the crops to port. Going back to the topic of unlimited money, seven Argentines were featured in Forbes's annual list of billionaires. In case you didn't figure it out, the richest Argentine is Marcos Galperin, founder uh, and CEO of the e-commerce giant Mercado Libre. Right behind him are the brothers Paolo and Gianfelice Roca of Grupo Techint, the Argentine conglomerate focusing on engineering, construction, steel, mining, oil, and more. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us, and Happy Easter. You can support us by subscribing to our show. This way, you'll never miss an episode. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at argentina at rorschach.com or follow us on Instagram at Rorschach Argentina and Twitter at Rorschach underline A-R-G. Nos vemos la próxima semana. 